Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together and start our day in prayer. Today is Wednesday, and we're in the last week of the Easter season. Easter is not just one day, but it's a season made up of a week of weeks, and this is the seventh week. Today, we continue to read the first letter of St. Peter. Please feel free to send me an email with any stories or insights, questions, or comments that you might have as we continue to pray together throughout the week. You can send them to me at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now, we begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise be to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God who gives life, salvation, and resurrection. Alleluia. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Peter chapter 2. We start today at verse 13. Be subject to every human institution for the sake of the Lord, whether to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish evildoers and praise those who do good. This, you see, is God's will. He wants you to behave well and to silence foolish and ignorant people. Live as free people, though don't use your freedom as a veil to hide evil, but as slaves of God. Do honor to all people. Love the family. Reverence God. Honor the emperor. Let slaves obey their masters with all respect, not only the good and kind ones, but also the unkind ones. It is to your credit, you see, if because of a godly conscience you put up with unjust and painful suffering. After all, what credit is it to you if you do something wrong and are beaten for it and take it patiently? But if you do what is right, suffer for it, and bear it patiently, this is to your credit before God. This, after all, is what came in the terms of your call, because the Messiah too suffered on your behalf leaving behind a pattern for you, so that you should follow the way he walked. He committed no sin, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but he gave himself up to the one who judges justly. 
he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be free from sins and live for righteousness. It is by his wound that you are healed. For you were going astray like sheep, and now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your true lives. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We don't have to spend long in the New Testament to discover that Jesus and then the apostles after him teach submission in love as the way that we are called to live out our faith in God. We are to follow the example and pattern of Jesus the Messiah, who humbles himself, takes on the role of a slave, and in doing so rescues us from the powers of sin and death. And here we are again with Peter counseling submission, first to ev- of everyone to the political realities of their day, emperor and governor, then slaves and servants to their masters, both good and bad masters. And as we go on, it will continue into the household with wives and then husbands too submitting themselves in love to honor and respect each other. If you're starting to cringe at the sound of the word and the teaching of the apostles, you are not alone. And it's probably because we stand at the other end of a 2,000-year history in which submission has been taught by the powerful to the weak as a way of controlling and exploiting those whom they saw as beneath them or in some way or another uh, under them for local or global tyrants to command their subjects to quietly submit to the injustice of their regime, or for a slave owner to demand the glad obedience of people they believed that they actually owned, and to use the words of St. Peter here as some kind of threat to keep the order, not only reveals some very poor biblical interpretation, but actually shows that those who stand in that position actually stand there as people outside of Christ, in a word, unchristian. If we have ever wondered why Jesus demanded that the rich young ruler give up everything before becoming Jesus' disciple, now we can see why. The way of the Messiah is to set aside all power, all privilege, all claim to rights, and any other purpose than life by faith in God and love for neighbor through Christ. Jesus teaches his disciples to take up their cross and follow him. And now Peter the very one who is so reluctant to connect this way of submission with the promise of the coming Messiah, now writes to show these congregations what it means to truly live according to God's ways and not the ways of the world. Submission for the sake of love and in the name of Christ is not what we demand of others. It's what we invite others to join us in living together in following Jesus's example. It is the way of our community. Submission to each other and to these powers as they are is not a path of quietism or complicity and injustice. It is actually an act of faith in God's righteousness and justice coming to fruition in Jesus's coming judgment of the world, a judgment already enacted by Jesus' own death and taking on sin and his own resurrection and triumphing over the powers of this world. So the slave owner of the past who whipped a slave and quoted First Peter in his defense will not stand in that judgment. 
nor will those who delighted and trusted in violence and power and oppression for their own well-being. In commending ourselves into God's hands, in seeking first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, by bowing in worship before the Messiah who sits enthroned, by giving up all of our privilege or honor or rights, and by bearing witness to Jesus' love that leads us to submission, the righteous are revealed by contrast to the world. The way of the Messiah is different, and Jesus' own witness is both clear and complete on this matter. Jesus says, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. I wonder how our world would change if Christians, like us, started living as if we truly belonged to Christ instead of the powers of this world. Maybe that is why we are what we are truly longing will happen to us and why we react when the church seems to be getting too political. Maybe it's not the politics of all. Of course the church is political. Of course the church is involved in the social life of the world around us. Of course the church has something to say and, and interacts with the economics of the community and the culture around us. But maybe what we're feeling is the conviction of the Holy Spirit telling us that something is missing, something's gone wrong, that we've wandered away from something, that in reaching to grab hold of the world, we are losing our soul, that we've wandered away from the way that Jesus has given us by his own submission, by his own death and resurrection for us. When we entered into our baptism, we learn that we are not supposed to rule the world. It is Christ who rules the world. We are here to plant seeds of God's kingdom and to bear witness to the presence of God in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray.
Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationships with others, and for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, that they would use their power and authority for good, that they would see themselves not as lords and masters, as servants of all. For the people who live in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, especially this morning, we think of Israel. For all who work for peace and international harmony, that their efforts bear fruit for the benefit of all and for the praise of your glory. And for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else or for what else do we pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.